Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. We're the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs and we're going to be bigger and better this year i'm sorry we've started a little bit late but the network experienced a power outage which knocked them off the air so um, we're going to bring you the show as much as possible in the time we have a couple of weeks ago we brought you the show from sao Paulo. next week we'll be bringing it to you from buenos aires so we are um, trying to be as international as possible. Now, we've been speaking for a long time about the shared economy, discussing the incredible success of companies like Uber and Airbnb, both of which I use regularly, and I love them. Well, there's a new app, and this one shows you where the new shared economy is going. Airbnb enables you to find a clean comfortable bathroom no matter where you are these bathrooms are located in private homes so airbnb gives you an access to a ton of restrooms all over the planet so whether you're out and about or at a big event or just need to find a place to go somewhere that you don't know your way around they've got you covered you just knock on a total stranger's door and pay them to use their private facilities. <laughs> How cool is that? It makes me immediately want to go out and buy a case of room freshener and a Costco-sized case of toilet paper. I have a feeling that we're probably going to need it. Now, um, it's still early in the year, so it's time to make marketing predictions that you should prepare for in 2015. You know, over the years... Marketing's changed dramatically, and that's created a huge challenge for most CMOs. Well, 215 is going to be a continuing challenge for marketers. Neil Patel's an expert in this area, and he believes there are going to be a lot of major changes. Now, before you start planning how you're going to market your business, have a listen to the next 10 predictions. I'm confident that if you follow them, you'll be one step at least one step ahead of your competition. Prediction number one for the year 2015 is that guest post links won't be as effective as they have been in the past. So if you're an SEO, you've probably been using guest posts to build links. Why have you been doing this? Because they work. Sure, search engines have given warnings that you shouldn't do this, but most of us ignore these warnings because we... See the tactic working. So you have to keep in mind that it takes large companies like Google a while to um, adjust their algorithms, but uh, over the next 12 months, they're certain to update them and devalue a lot of these links. You probably won't get penalised, but uh, these links will no longer help you to boost your ratings. Prediction number two for marketing in 2015 is that SEO will become even harder. Google's almost certain to make more updates 
And uh, remember, they had panda and penguin. So what they call them, who knows? But it's certain that as they make these updates, it'll be harder and harder to manipulate search listings. So we're going to have to focus on creating a better product or service. And you'll have to continually improve the content on your website. Should this stop you from doing SEO? No. But um, you should probably focus on it more because a lot of your competitors will move their budgets from SEO to pay-per-click. The third marketing prediction for 215 is that old-school link building will be more popular than ever. From manually hitting up thousands of sites to leveraging broken link building, these old-school methods will be used more and more. Why? They've worked over the years because you have to earn them. It's hard to manipulate them. In 2014, a few large companies built internal teams that focus on these old-school link-building tactics, and I think a lot more companies will be doing it during 2015. The fourth marketing prediction of 2015 is that social media will become the cornerstone of blogging, and a lot of it comes down to the social media accounts. So it's not... You don't have to have better content than everybody else, but you, you need to spend an awful lot of time developing a large social following. Once you've done that, you can make almost any new blog popular within your particular niche. The fifth marketing prediction for 2015 is that marketing budgets will be shifted towards creative approaches. The use of traditional advertising channels such as PPC, SEO and social media marketing will continue to rise pretty steeply. For that reason, companies will start to explore new avenues. So some of these creative marketing campaigns will yield an ROI and a lot of them won't. It's about testing and testing and you'll see companies doing a lot more of this in 2015. The sixth marketing prediction for 2015 is that newspapers will be leveraged more. You know, we all know newspapers are dying. And, you know, it's pretty much terminal. Um, less and less people are reading them. Most people get their news off the web. But the one thing newspapers have is extremely popular websites. You know, people like the New York Times and regional papers, they're looking for new opportunities to make more money. So what they're doing is partnering up with businesses to create their value. For example, the Union Tribune acquired Discover SD, which was a Groupon type site for San Diego. So over the next 12 months, a lot more companies will partner up with regional newspapers as they already have a large audience. And they're looking for new ways to make more money. The seventh marketing prediction for 2015 is that companies will create software to generate demand. Free tools are becoming a really popular form of marketing. You know, from HubSpot's Grader tool to Moz's OpenSite Explorer, companies are creating free tools in order to make, to, you know, just to generate traffic. And there's no question that this works. It can work for almost any industry. For example, if you're in the mortgage space, you can create a mortgage calculator. The possibilities 
are almost endless. And the best part about creating free tools is that they're extremely cost-effective. They've got a better ROI than most other marketing methods. The eighth marketing prediction for 2015 is that we'll see a demand in conversion optimization. I'm not talking about conversion optimization only from a service perspective. Corporations will start hiring individuals who specialize in conversion optimization. It's a unique skill set, but you'll see a lot more people learning it over the next few years. The reason for this is pretty simple. Companies are willing to pay a lot of money to boost their conversion rates. That's how they're going to combat the increases in marketing and advertising costs, which will probably be pretty steep. The only way to address it is to get more conversions. The penultimate prediction is that marketing tools will become free. Google Analytics is free. Optimizing optimizingly has reduced a free plan and even products like HelloBar are available for free. Heaps of stuff is out there for free and the number of marketing products that are free will drastically increase over the next 12 months mainly because they're the only things that small and medium businesses can afford. So companies are prepared to give you their products free will be probably on a limited usage basis, knowing that you'll eventually grow in size and they'll end up charging you at some point down the line. But in the meanwhile, it'll benefit a lot of small and medium businesses. The final marketing prediction for 2015 is that people will start building personal brands. It's becoming more and more common for individuals to focus on their personal brands. I've been focusing on building my personal brand now for over a decade because it works. You know, the Bob Pritchard brand is larger than some of the businesses that I'm involved in and I can leverage it across everything. So why can't you market both your business and yourself? It's been great for me. You'll see more and more people hopping on the personal branding bandwagon because it will eventually cause their businesses to generate more income. In conclusion, I reckon that 2015 is going to be a fantastic year for entrepreneurs in particular and businesses in general, and it'll certainly be another interesting year for marketers. With the search engines making things increasingly more difficult and the business world become becoming probably a lot more transparent, you'll see more opportunities open up. Don't ever be afraid of change. What you've got to do is learn to adapt. And if you can adapt before your competition, you will win. Now, you're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business. We're here to assist entrepreneurs to become successful. So if you've got a question about any aspect of business, it doesn't matter what it is, please don't hesitate to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and we will answer it on air or we'll email you directly. Also, don't forget that if you want to hear a particular speaker, send me an email. Um, Today I got two emails from listeners um, suggesting speakers that I should should utilise, and I've contacted one of those already, so it does work. Now, make sure you also subscribe to my monthly newsletter. It's sent out to, I don't know, I think about 16,000 business executives in 63 or 64 countries. We do it every single month. We've been doing it now for about 15 years. So sign up now. 
The next newsletter will be out in the first week of February. So go on to bobpritchard.com and enrol for the newsletter. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business, and I'll be back after this break with my friend from Metal, Mark Harmody, and he's the CEO, COO for Equal Earth and has more than 20 years' experience in executive leadership roles in strategy, operations management, human resources and sales. He's a change agent and has great advice for all COOs and entrepreneurs alike. He's a really good guy. So this is Bob Pritchard live from Los Angeles and I'll be back with Mark in just a moment. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is the segment of the show where we talk to very successful and extraordinary people. You know, it's tough to be successful. Becoming a success... On this planet, no matter what field of endeavor you're in, is difficult. And uh, so we talk to people that have been successful, that have um, struggled through that and undergone lots of trials and tribulations along the way. People that are making a difference. And, uh, you know, there's some amazingly talented people on this planet. And I love to speak with them because there's so much more we can all learn and you know, one of the definitions of stupidity has got to be making the same mistakes that 10,000 business owners have made before us and not having learned the lessons. So we speak to successful people and they can give us a really strong clue on how we can be more successful. Mark Hamadi is the COO for Equal Earth and has more than 20 years experience in executive leadership roles in strategy, operations management, human resources and sales. That's a pretty broad um, experience. He's known for being a change agent and has a proven track record of helping entrepreneurial companies to accelerate growth and uh, drive increased productivity. He... um, 
he's got a great history in this too. And prior to joining Equal Earth, uh, he was uh, CEO, COO, I think I'm pronouncing it right, for My Industries, which is and leading operations for three globally distinct businesses. And he helped grow revenues by more than 130% just in the first year. Now, anybody who comes into a, a new business knows how difficult it is to turn the ship around with, you know, you meet lots of opposition. And uh, that's a phenomenal effort. He also enjoyed great success with Data Skill, which, as you know, is a leading IBM business partner, and at Rampbrate, which is a $25 billion advisory firm for IT sourcing. So the guy's got a bit of muscle, a bit of clout, and a bit of success behind him. He's a sought-after speaker. I'm not at all surprised. He's a frequent blogger, and he hosts a weekly radio show dedicated to business leadership topics. So, hi, Mark. It's always good to welcome a fellow radio host to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Welcome. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm glad to be on. I am terrific. Really good. But... um, you know, if you don't wake up terrific every morning, there's not much point in waking up, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Enjoy life, love life, because you just don't know when it's the last breath you're going to take. That's right. Get up. I, I, I say all the time, um, I, say, I actually say on the show, you know, get up, bite off much more than you can chew, chew like hell, and uh, you'll always be in front. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Good. Well, you, your um, your track record shows you're obviously a um, a get up and go sort of a guy. Now, on the um, Equal Earth website, it describes the company as a new kind of energy company. Um, what the hell does that mean? Well, you, you know, Bob, that's a great question. I'll put it in this way: Equal Earth. It's about people. It's about planet. It's about profit. We take great care of our people, we take great care of the planet, and we take uh, pride in making money because any has to be sustainable. That's what it's about. Absolutely. Equal Earth has two distinct strategic channels is the best way to put it. Uh, One is the solar project origination. It consists of procuring new projects, taking them from the customer, signing through installation, interconnection producing a, a portfolio of cash flowing renewable assets where equal earth retains the long-term retained value that means new projects we we build them we make sure they're okay we keep them over 20 years and and, and they make it's like an annuity uh, you pay monthly over 20 years and then the renewable energy project acquisition purchasing existing revenue generating projects and accumulating that cash to build shareholder wealth and create a sustainable growth model. Now, those obviously, the money isn't as much in this because it's already established, sure. but that de-risks your business. It's no different than somebody purchasing your radio show with you know 500,000 plus listeners instead of uh, building a new radio so- show from scratch. Yeah. It could do just as well, but it's a little bit riskier. Right, I agree. Um, so what's your role at the company? Well, uh, you know, I always say when you come in as a company as a COO, your job is to get rid of all the walls or uh, all the boulders. So initially when all I the, came in... Get rid of all the silos. Exactly. And that is bloody hard. I tell you. 
Absolutely, absolutely. But you know what's even harder than getting rid of the silos? It's really seeing it. A lot of people see the wall in front of them, and, and you know what? They keep hitting that wall yeah. because they don't figure out how to break it down. So my initial step was come in and work on the operations. I realized we needed more cash first, so I went and, and raised uh, you know, $2.2 in 10 days and raised some more funding, and, and then just started helping in each area. So I've helped with acquiring projects. Uh, I've helped with acquiring uh, companies. So really, you know what I want to say? It's like a best friend. A best friend helps you in anything that you need. So I think my, uh, I will say where I'm different is I come in and I really see that pain point and, and I figure out how to help uh, to make it different. It's all about teamwork. If we succeed, we all succeed. If we fail, I'm part of it no matter what anybody says. Now, one of the big problems, of course, with, with legacy industries is that, um, I'm not saying you're one, but one of the problems with legacy industries is that um, they're usually management heavy and they're certainly usually siloed. In order to come into a company like that, um, and it's a bit like when you're in that environment, it's hard to see the, the forest for the trees because you don't realise just how um, middle management heavy these companies are and where the silos start and end. So do you need to go in and, and have a real... Not, not even a helicopter view, almost a, a out of space view of the company, so you can spot these things. Or how do you, how do you go about determining um, what needs to go? You know, it's very very hard, and I'll agree and disagree with you. Let me, when somebody tells me they're management heavy, you know what that tells me that the person isn't good. So so, in, in retrospect, if I was building a radio station, would I want one Bob Pritchard or two or three? I'll take three. I'll always take... You won't find three. Exactly. So, 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 that's, so that's my point. So when somebody says management heavy, to me that's a nice word of saying the guy's not good. If you have an all-star team, you know, if you had Tim Wolf, look at Apple. They weren't all-star heavy. Yeah. Tim Wolf, Steve Jobs, etc. So, so there's no such thing as, as management heavy. Now, you could be heavy in title, you could be heavy in your reputation, but are you executing? Are you executing? If you are executing, there's no such thing as management heavy. Yeah. You keep growing, and, and, and I think that's the key. What are you actually doing? Not what are you saying, what are you doing? Everybody will tell you they're your friend, but the true friends are the ones that will actually do something uh, in return. And so when you come in, the first thing I like to do is it takes me 60 days to really see the company, to, to understand every position, to understand the industry. Then I like to work in each area and then kind of figure it out. You know, going to new industries, people say to me, Mark, uh, well, you didn't know this industry. How did you do well? Well, that's what gives you passion, right? You can't know everything at all. You have to know uh, something. So I'm, I understand people. I understand leadership. But if I don't understand your industry, well, I'm going to be learning fast. And yeah. that's what's exciting because I really believe your mind is like a razor. And it's sharper if you don't know something because yeah. it wants to learn. Otherwise, you'll get cut and bleed. Yeah, I think the other thing is that... Um 
to a large degree, I believe that the engines behind companies, irrespective of what business they're in, are all the same. And, uh, you know, all that's, all that's different is what you're selling out the front end. So, um, once you get an understanding of one industry, you pretty much got the back end of one industry. You've probably, you've probably pretty much got the understanding of it all. I think the other thing is that, um, there's always an ROI for people on the assembly line or sales or whatever, but there very seldom seems to be an ROI set for middle management. I agree, I agree, and, and you know, it goes back to pride, so what I try to do when I come into places, it's about pride, I don't care if you work 20 hours or 3 hours, what have you done, yeah. and I don't like to micromanage, what I like to do is get greatness out of somebody, so when I fire somebody, I say, you know what, I'm not firing you because you're bad and you didn't perform, you did not believe in me, and this is why I'm terminating you, because I really believe every single person on this planet has greatness. And if a person really, really believes in you, they'll do it. You really believe that? I do. I really do. I really do. And I really believe that if, when you stop blaming your, you know, others for mistakes, you're better. You know, a lot of people will say that economy is the reason why we did bad. And I'll say, okay, when you do good, you better thank the economy, not, not your strategy or your relationship. I've done bad in the worst economy in steel. It's a BS answer. You have to work harder. The customers are there. Maybe not as many. Maybe, maybe they're not order takers, but they're there. Maybe you'll do less. I'm not saying you, you'll do the same, but you could still be profitable, and you could still sell, and you could still perform. Yeah. One of the interesting things that I used to do, and I haven't been in charge of a, a reasonable-sized team for a long time, but we used to get people at the end of the day, say 5.30, sit there and say to them, Okay, sit there and write down everything you did today that actually made a dollar for the company. And people would say, geez, I've worked hard all day. I must have done something that's made a buck. And then you find a very slim list <laughs> at the end of the day. A Absolutely. Find yeah. time to fill in time, but they don't find time to actually make a buck. Absolutely. You, you have to have pride. You have to, everyone has to be accountable. I used to tell people on the, on the front lines, look, uh, uh, don't be living in la-la land. If, if, if we don't perform as a team, you're, gonna, you're not going to have a job. You should care. Every employee should care about how the company's health is doing. And, and uh, upper man, they should care how upper management does their job, and they should care how uh, upper management should care how the uh, people on the front lines do, and I always say, you come into a company with a with a with a safety vest uh, and, and and a parachute, and and if the people are doing good, you better eject out of there, or else you'll sink with them. Right. So, what types of renewable energy resources does um, Equal Earth uh, have today? Well, you know, we've got we we have uh, solar farms. We have an LED company. We have hydro. Uh, we're, we're a little bit, you know, diversified, um, and and that's important because. And we're also international. Uh, and this is one thing I've said, even in real estate. I've said if you're a real estate broker or you buy real estate and you buy it in California, uh, when it, when California's market goes down, does that hurt you? No. Move it to the Midwest. You, not every area in the world is struggling. 
Yeah. But usually, at least one area is. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, Let, let's go to a bit of a trickier question. Okay. You know, fossil fuel and nuclear power still provide over 90% of the world's energy. And renewable energy sits at about 7%, a paltry 7%. If you only won 7% of your football games, everybody would say you're a bloody losing team. So despite a flood of propaganda over, say, the last 10 years about renewable energy, and despite an absolute fortune being spent on research and deployment of renewable energy, it seems to still just be plodding along, and yet money's pouring into fracking and oil sands and all this crap that's killing the planet. What's wrong with you guys? Why aren't you guys, you know, why is it 7%? Why isn't it 70%? Well, no, Bob, that's a valid question. It takes time, A. B, technology has to get better. Um, and C, you have to get better people across the board. Uh, let's look at one thing with the oil industries, uh, the Rockefellers, uh, the Koch brothers, etc. Whether you like them or not, they're like brilliant <laughs> people. But they, but they are intelligent. They are Absolutely. intelligent people. And, and when they got into it, they did not get into it to hurt the environment. They got into it to make money. Then they figured out it hurts the environment. So, so the one thing that I think uh, from a clean energy standpoint is you have to make money and, and, right. and, and it has to do well. So right now there are clean energy companies uh, popping up left and right on technology and they say they have the new battery, the new this, the new that. Yep. And I promise you, 99% of the people will not invest in them because they're afraid of the technology. Uh, you know, investors, to me, talk out of both mouths, Bob. One minute, they want to help the environment. The next minute, they need you to show them the ROI immediately. And, and that's tough. It's tough. Because you cannot build a company from scratch without having money. You can bootstrap it, not in this industry, okay? I bootstrap companies, but there are certain industries you cannot bootstrap. And this is one of them. Why up front so high? Yes, absolutely. And, and, and with that, you need really those pe- You need investors who really believe in the team, who believe in the people. That's what Elon Musk has done better than anybody else. Absolutely. He Musk, is a I brilliant. Like yeah, he's a brilliant engineer, but he's also creative, and he can have a conversation with you. That's rare. People yeah. invest in people. They, they want to believe in the product, but they don't want to talk to a jerk either. And, and, okay, and, well, and he doesn't, he, he's not aloof, uh, no, and he's, he's not, not he, arrogant. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. Although his wife says he's a lousy husband. Uh, um, ex-wife. Yes. <laughs> um, well, why are you guys, why are renewable energy companies then so bad at convincing investors to open their pocket where somebody can say, I'm going to do some fracking in Oklahoma and I'm going to destroy the um, water table and I'm going to pollute the atmosphere and I'm going to kill all the, the, um, the potential to grow crops in this area for the next hundred years, and yet people throw money at them. What's the matter with the new renewable energy people? Why, why isn't your message better, stronger, convincing the world that these other guys are just fucking it up? Well, you, you know, I think what's very important is to be fearless, but fearless in a proper way. I'm never worried about failing. I'm worried, did I do enough? Did I speak enough to that investor? Did I uh, convey the message properly? Uh, to Bob, and with different personalities, 
a lot of people do not do that. Uh, I think if you look at the Jigger Shaws, if you look at the Elon Musks, yeah. and there's a bunch of those, they are performing well, and they are bringing a ton of cash. Yeah. I, I know of a battery company with the billion dollars without having anything. Yeah. So, so, so what I will say is uh, you need more of those people to truly, truly believe that. So I've always said, why do you care about salary or bonus if you're going to perform? Granted, you need it to live or whatever, but if you're going to execute properly, it's not going to matter. The issue, Bob, is there's a lot of people you look at wow on their resume, wow on their pedigree, wow on everything. But start working with them, and you'll be like, oh, my God, now I know. But and I, I, think that, I think there's some of that. Yeah. You have to start a company for the right reasons, not just to make money, but to make a difference, and it has to be different. If yep. you rate your shows like everybody else, I don't care how good you are, that takes away from it. It's like, a, it's like the mousetrap. Which is the best mousetrap? No idea. You go into uh, you know, uh, Walmart, Walgreens, whatever, and you buy that mousetrap that, that looks scary and it's got that red imprint on it because yep. we all can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, so... Of all the people, I mean, everybody you speak to these days is all into some form of alternative energy. There's got to be some great spokespeople amongst all of those. Is it? Is it that the industry is so fragmented and, and people don't work with each other, or is it? What is it? No, you know, there's quite a few, and then actually it's a close-knit fraternity, and people work with each other and help, but, you know, uh, where I disagree with some people is uh, you have to have passion, and a lot of times these guys that are awesome are very creative and engineer mode, so when you listen to them, you're bored. As human beings, why do, why do you know, CEOs invest in uh, uh, sports teams uh, instead of a library and I so no forth. Idea. <laughs> you know, the reason is because they love challenges. They love winning and they can satisfy their appetite right away. That's why. But the reality is most of these guys uh, became who they are because of their education. Yeah. Not the football team. But, but most, most people are lousy communicators, aren't they? The, the average absolutely. person is a very, very poor communicator. Well, well, here's what I will say. They are a great communicator to somebody exactly like them. Yeah. If my personality is like yours, you will get me right away. But if you're talking in front of a thousand people at a conference or at a management board meeting, you will not get through to everybody. Absolutely not. No, that's because true. people are different. And so I like to break them up and talk to them separately. Uh, different personalities, different ways to get through to them. Uh, the way you talk to an accountant, you can't talk to a salesperson, a yeah. project manager, etc. Yeah. And that is very, very difficult to know and understand. And a lot of times, people hire people like themselves. So you get a bunch of creative people in a company as founders, you will get nothing done. Yeah. Everybody has 50 ideas, and nobody is executing on you it. You need doers as well as dreamers. Yeah, we talked about that last week. So is, isn't Elon Musk um, good for the sort of alternative energy um, movement? Or Because 
on one hand, you look at Musk and you say, the guy's a legend. He's incredible. Tesla is the best motor car on the road. Um, SpaceX is doing incredible stuff. And yet, you know, when you actually drill down, Tesla's selling a lousy 35,000 cars a year. You know, he's not exactly storming the marketplace. Um, so his, his, um, Input, his effect on the marketplace is far, far, far greater than his actual performance, isn't it? I agree at this point, but I think that'll grow. I mean, the one thing you've got to appreciate with him is the quality of the product. It's the same thing with Apple, okay? I think Windows, as an example, is the best platform out there, the best, uh, because it doesn't sit on any other platforms. Like, yeah. uh, uh, But... Uh, Microsoft always goes to market too quickly. Mila, Elon Musk built an amazing car, an amazing battery, and those 35,000 units are amazing. Now, it's properly scaling it the right way. And, but, and, and, but you know, now, he's now saying he's not going to make a profit until at least 2020. I mean, how long can companies, most companies, continue to, to, manufacture product and not make a profit for 10 years. I know Amazon did it, but how many people can do it? You know, as long as there's a method, you can. If there's a method to the madness and you know where the end is going to be, it's there. I mean, look at the oil, how much it costs to drill and, yeah. and what it is, and 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 it's gotten so far. They, they even get, uh, uh, you know, tariffs and all of that stuff. They got $58 billion um, in help. So, you know, this is a fairly new industry, and, and it takes time. I think yeah. as, as, as solar becomes cheaper to build and all of that. Now, here's one thing I will say about the industry that I think people forget, Bob, and it's important. People get paid well in the industry, okay? They are getting well. So when you see Tesla not making a profit, he is not, not treating his employees well. They have benefits. They have this and that. Well, I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. That's that's one thing very, very important. While others will show a ton of profit and they're not paying their employees well, they're working them to death, they're not giving them benefits. So it's like I say McDonald's. You want McDonald's to pay their employees more? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to pay more for a burger? Are you going to pay more for fries? I agree. So, so, so I that's agree. important. You you're, know? Talk, you're talking to the converted here. All right. Yeah. So let, one last question before we get back to um, Equal Earth. Where would solar be if every government in the world wasn't, you know, just about paying um, the consumer to put the stuff in? I mean, if oh. if everybody was being charged full price for solar, you know, f solar's impact on the on the world would be bugger all, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, you, you know, uh, those things only count in certain areas. So, so we are in Hawaii, Guam. Uh, where cost of electricity is high, you don't need any subsidies. Where cost of electricity is low, absolutely, because then you have to be committed on the carbon footprint. And I've worked with schools for that. But yeah. that's the nature of, uh, of anything. But it'll get there. Louis Vuitton used to have a ton of sales. Their stuff, they almost went out of business. Then in the 60s, they changed. They're like, we're going to be the most, ex we're going to be expensive. We're not going to do any sales. And our leftover stuff, we're just going to burn them. That way they cannot be sold and this. And look at how great they are. 
Yeah. But it's taken time. It's taken time. Okay. Why was why was last year such a good year for you guys? You know, I think we pivoted quickly. We weren't arrogant. We pivoted quickly. We 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 went after every relationship. Uh, you know, everything is about people, right? right. If I, I want to get on the show, I have to talk to you. You have to like me. Your assistant has to. Uh, something. Yeah. Even robots. People build them. So I really believe any that possible can become possible if you find the right people to help you. Agree. Uh, Agree. So what's, what's on the horizon this year? Where do you go this year? Well, we've got, we're, we're, we're looking to go public in 2015. That's where we're excited. We've okay. got uh, 700 million of existing renewable projects. Uh, you know, Vinit went public with 100 megawatts. Uh, we're close to having 300. Uh, and, and, and it's in areas where cost of electricity is high, like Hawaii. I think it's like, I don't know what the numbers exactly on the top of my head, but like 47 cents a kilowatt. American Samoa, Guam. North Carolina is pretty good. California is not bad. But then you have states where cost of electricity is eight cents. Well, you can save one or two cents for them, but it's hard because you've got to pay the installers money, the manufacturers. I mean, this is the one thing you've got to, I appreciate about the renewable industry. Everyone uh, can put food on the table and can take care of their families. Now it's figuring out how to do it without help, without subsidies, and do it properly. And, 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 and that means it's a mix of business. And, uh, uh, you know, that is very, very critical. And it's always easy to get, for example, somebody to advertise on your show, Bob, who, who you know, whose company is doing $7 billion. It's probably hard to get that mom-and-pop shop uh, that's looking at every nickel. Uh, but yeah. that mom-and-pop shop becomes who they are. Most construction companies started as a family company with yep. one to two people. Became huge. Look at you know Samsung. You guys going to go public this year? What, what, I'm glad you brought up Vivint because <laughs> I can't remember the exact numbers, but I was really excited about Vivint. I thought you know they're great competitor to Solar City. They're going to be terrific. And I think I got into their stock at about seventeen dollars seventy or something, and now it's about nine dollars. So, what's the diff? Why should I buy um, Equal Earth stock this year? Rather, you know, that's a, that's why, a, that's, why are you different than Vivint? That's a fantastic point. So, so I've raised five point five million in capital total that we've invested in projects and so forth, and and, and now we're raising ten million. That's a very small amount. Uh, Sun Edison did $23 uh, million. Vinit got, got $4 billion or $2 billion from Blackstone, and yep. then they just went after every deal, you know, to have that, um, you know, 100 megawatts. We're not doing that. If you look at the deals that we have, I won't mention their names, but uh, one deal, we've got a 12.99% IRR. Another deal, 13.53. One other one, uh, 9.92. One that's a bio, it could be a, you know, a plant uh, that's overseas, uh, will bring you like 80% when you look at it as, as a whole. Investment is a, like over $100 million, though. Another deal, 16%. Another, 12%. So on the 295 megawatts, you're looking at a 35% return. That's phenomenal. So, again, it goes about relationships. If you have good relationships and you work with good people, they'll have the deals. 
And so as an investor, that looks good. As if we go public, even if the market crashes, you're still doing good because people are intelligent enough to understand when you have a decent return, that's good. Yep. You know, sure and, and, and there's also the stigma. Uh, so, so I'm all about taking money, Bob, but taking uh, enough money, having a low burn rate, and properly using it. And, you know, there is such a thing as taking too much money. Because if you take too much money, you're going to have to give huge returns. And, and then to get huge returns, you're going to be sloppy because you're going to push yourself to do things that maybe you wouldn't do. So what part of the what time what's your timing for going to IPO? Uh, as soon as we raise the ten million. So okay. uh, my, my my hope is at the end of this January to get the S one written to pay Cooley Law Firm right. uh, and to get going. So I'd like to get two to three million right away by the end of January. We've got a good bank account. We've got money in there. But remember, you got to pay for the S one. The attorneys yep. are huge. I understand. And, and, and you want to keep money in your account to look good because that's when you're not nervous. That's when you're yeah, not scared. True. And that's when people really uh, know that they can't uh, uh, take what they want. If you have nothing in your account, uh, you're, you're going to do whatever somebody tells you because yeah. it's, you're, you're up against the wall. Yeah. Mark? Thanks very much for joining me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. I really appreciate it. Now, if you'd like to find out more about Equal Earth, go to equaleartherecorp.com. Watch out for their IPO. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show right after this short break. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to Bob at bobpritchard.com that's bob at bobpritchard.com now back to the show welcome back to the third bob pritchard straight talking absolutely no bullshit business show for 2015 and we're coming to you this week from my hometown of los angeles now this is a segment of the show where we bring you emails from our listeners from all around the world it's incredible that um Despite the different cultures, the different political systems, the questions that businesses have, and particularly small businesses, are all the same. It doesn't matter whether I'm giving a speech in Moscow or in London or wherever the hell I am. The uh, questions at question time are pretty much all the same. So whether you're listening in Madrid or New York, um, I'm sure you'll find that uh, the answers to emails from other people are very helpful. Our first email is from Janet McMurtry, who's a business consultant in Chicago. And Janet writes, Dear Bob, I am a graphic designer and enjoyed your interview with the guy from Chicago. It is a very hard market for us right now. There is less work and our prices are getting squeezed to the bone. What can we do? I've already sent my portfolio out to everyone I can find. 
Well, Janet, it's uh, not an easy thing to accept when you're uh, under real financial pressure. But even in these tough times, less than one good client in five buys on the basis of price. PricewaterhouseCoopers did a study where they found that in the United States, only 13% of people bought based on price. So 87% of people found that other things were actually more important, quality of service, um, accountability, um, how accessible you are, the quality of the advice you give, all of those things, and reliability, of course, all of those things are far more important than price. So in your communication with potential customers, you need to stress those things. I wouldn't give prices, but I'd even tell them that they're going to pay a little bit more, but um, they're going to get these things. Give testimonials from people who say, you know, these people are great, they're reliable, they're on time, I had an issue, it was solved immediately, those sorts of things. You'll certainly benefit in the longer term. And... Customer service is the key. I know I've said this a hundred times, but um, again, PricewaterhouseCoopers study shows that people who are customer service leaders, and to be a customer service leader, you've got to be pretty bloody good, but if your customer service is fantastic, you can actually charge up to 13% more for your product or service than your competitors before you start losing business. And that 13% um, makes a hell of a difference. You know, if your margins, the tighter your margins are, the more important that 13% is because in most businesses, I guess 13% um, could be 50% on your profit. But if you're in a really tight margin business, it could be doubling your profit just by giving fantastic customer service. And it just doesn't happen, and it's not a matter of just being polite and talking to people on the phone, doing all that. You have to go way beyond. Every every interaction with you, whether it's on the phone or on the website or whether they come into your office or whether it's a, a service call or whatever it is, the customer has to say, wow, that was fantastic. You know, they really, I really got more than I expected. That's how you build great customer service. And if you build great customer service, people will come back to you. Um, and not only that, more importantly than that, they'll tell their friends. And you, that's how you get word of mouth. Great customer service gives you great word of mouth. Great word of mouth brings you customers that you don't have to spend money to get. You know, the most expensive part of running a business is getting new customers. That's expensive. So word of mouth enables you to get customers without spending the money to um, in advertising, etc. You get the new, cu- new customers that have been sent to you by word of mouth. Somebody saying you're fantastic won't question your price. They're more likely to pay a little bit more and you make more profit and you grow your business. So simply by providing absolutely knockout customer service, you can grow your business in the tightest and tightest and tightest of environments. Another avenue that you could um, look at 
is Elance. You know, a lot of the stuff you do, um, you can probably put out on Elance. That's E-L-A-N-C-E. And it's a, it's a site where people go to get work done. For example, if I wanted to write a book about elephants, I could list it on Elance and I'd have 50 people who could write the book on elephants for almost nothing. If, if, if you need art, graphic art done or almost anything, anything at all, go to Elance and find, you know, the trick is finding the right people. But you can look at their portfolios, you can evaluate them, you can get them to do things for you so that you can see what their work's like. You can, you, you know, and you can list yourself on Elance and you could get a hell of a lot of work from it. And it, again, it's not necessarily a price deal. I frequently use Elance to find a number of services and I detail what I require and I get submissions and then I pick the best. Get amongst them because if you're not out there, you're not going to get the work. And you know, often small businesses such as you um, need advice, but you can't afford consultants. Um, so, but there are ways to get advice at um, at low cost. Get get mentors. Surround yourself with mentors who can help you. Give them um, some benefit. You know, but um, it it. It is much easier to get advice and to get exposure and to build your business than would appear to be the case when you're under pressure. Janet, a copy of my book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, will be on its way to you tomorrow. And um, because we're running out of time because of the power shortage at the start of the program, um, Go to my website if you're a regular listener of the show. Make sure you get my um, my newsletter. So go to the website, bobpritchard.com, and subscribe. Uh, send in your questions. You can email me at bob at bobpritchard.com. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Plus. Don't forget to be my f- contact on LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn all the time. It is an unbelievable resource. So if you're not on LinkedIn, make sure you are. Janet, there's one for you. So don't forget, if you've got a particular guest you'd like me to interview, drop me a, an email at bob at bobpritchard.com. We're very confident this is going to be a fantastic year for everyone in business, and it's the perfect time to commence your entrepreneurial activities if that's what you want to do. And we look forward to having your company through the year. Thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Business Radio Show for Entrepreneurs. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, this is the place to come every week at the same time. Next week, I'll be broadcasting from the Intercontinental Hotel in Buenos Aires in Argentina. So you can all go now and watch the President's State of the Union Address. I hope you have a fantastic week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.